this last session, I, I want to talk about things that destroy good leadership. Things that destroy good leadership. You know, when you look at Saul, you know, Saul was chosen by God to be the first king of Israel. And as you look at Saul's life, God gave him everything that he needed to be successful. The Bible tells us that after he was anointed, they went with Saul, a band of men whose heart God had touched. God gave him everything he needed to be successful. But for some reason, Saul allowed himself to not follow what God was telling him to do. And as a result, it wound up destroying him. Saul liked character and his leadership role as a leader. We find and we see that character is that quality that makes someone or something stand out. Something that others want to emulate and others want to, to follow. It's that moral fiber that we each have is our personality, our temperaments. It is our will, our strength to do what we know to do is right. It's having that courage and, and tested a fortitude to cause us to stand for right versus wrong. Most leaders don't understand and consider the importance of character. We must realize as leaders that if we do not have character, we do not have anything. Thomas Paine said that character is easier kept than recovered. Let me say that again. Character is easier kept than it is recovered. Character is not developed in the heat of battle of the moment of crisis. Character is built out of your day-to-day -day life as you live for what is right versus what is wrong. Two of the saddest stories in the Bible to me is by two men, King Solomon, who was the wisest man, and King Joram. Amen. King Solomon, the Bible tells us that God appeared to him twice about the women that he was married to, but yet Solomon did not heed the counsel from God. And as a result, in his old age, they turned his heart away from the one true God. And you don't read in the book of Hebrews in the faith chapter anything about Solomon. King Joram, when he became king, the Bible tells me that he reigned and when he died, they had no desire for him. Most of all the kings, when they died, they, they had special services, they had spices, they anointed them. In many cases, they buried them with the other kings, but not King Joram. They didn't care. Nobody lamented over him. Good leadership destroyed because of evil. We must realize that character is very important. When Job's wife, when Job was going through his things in his life, notice what his wife asked him. Do you maintain your integrity forever? Why don't you curse God and die? And Job says, you speak as the most foolish woman speak. 
Shall we not receive both good and evil at the hand of God? And all this Job did not sin nor charge God foolish. You see, your integrity is very important as a leader. If you lose your integrity, what else will you have? In his book, and I don't know if you've read this, we're talking about books, but one of the uh, books that I read once is called Integrity by a man named Robert Dorch. And in this book, he was one of the main leaders with the, with the PTL club with Jim Baker and, and them. And he tells the story about how they all fell because of a lack of integrity. And in that book, he says, I would have never realized the number of people that was in prison with me. As I sit and I listen and I watch how many people are constantly violating their integrity. He says, during the months to come, I had a lot of time to think over and over again. I asked myself, what is integrity? Is this the same as honesty and morality or is it more than that? As I read newspapers and watched the even news while in prison, I saw countless reports of men and women who had compromised their integrity and now found themselves the objects of media attention. I began to realize that in today's world, true integrity often eludes us, but the loss of integrity raises its ugly head at every corner of our society. What is gone wrong? A prime times newscast exposed the fundraising and spending practice of television ministries and well-known evangelists sending shockwaves throughout the evangelistic community. Reports from major universities, military contractors stating that they took government money, taxpayer dollars, and misused them. Accusation of improprieties in the relationship of priests to their followers suffered regularly, embarrassing the Catholic Church and tarnishing images. 47 scientists at Harvard and Emory University medical schools are accused of producing hyped and falsified scientist reports. All these makes one wonder if news reporters, government workers, bank executives, office holders, church leaders, university professionals, and business communities leaders have no scruples. Does anyone have integrity anymore? It's easy to point the finger at Jim Jones, Jim Baker, Jimmy Swagger, Bill Clinton, John Edwards, Mark Sanford, political figures, and others who are caught in fall, but integrity violates us all. How honest are you? The House subcommittee estimated that one out of every three Americans altered their educational career credentials in order to get hired for a job. A survey indicated that 91% of all American people lie regular. And those same people, however, are firm in their convictions that others, up to include public officials, should be held to a higher standard of honesty. Seven out of ten Americans say that the president should never tell a lie. At least that's the conviction of the 91% who admit that they lie regular. But who knows if they're telling the truth. About 50% of us go to church each week and 45% of all Americans say that they are born again Christians. That's hard to believe when 91% say they lie. 
John Gardner, the founder of the Common Cause, recently said, and I quote, duplicity, fraud, falsehood, lying, and deceiving, and deception in public and private life are substantially greater than they have ever been in the past. Reverend Theodore Hesborn, former president of the University of Notre Dame, states, to the extent family life is disintegrated, kids today are not being taught values about lying, cheating, and stealing. Paul Harvey, before he died, the noted news commentator before his death, observed that Sears, one of America's greatest retail institutions, lost $48 million and one quarter to shrinkage. Most retailers agree that the greatest loss in shrinkage is due to theft. So who's doing the stealing? It's a known fact that retail employees steal four times more than public through shoplifting. One writer said that people feel like do whatever is necessary to succeed and beat the competition. He says people feel like suckers if they're honest. It has been said that adversity, hardship, difficulties test our ability to survive and and prosperity, wealth, success, and riches tested our integrity. And that's when most people fail the test. Most people fall into the snares unaware of the Pimrose path that are strolled with booby traps. Where are these pitfalls hidden? They're hidden within the day-to-day -day decisions that each of us makes decisions about our integrity and one of the greatest destructions of leadership is a lack of integrity a lack of character in our day-to-day -day activities we must be honest even the Lord asked the question will a man rob God we focus on tithes and offerings but are we robbing God of his ability to brag on us? Are we robbing him to be able to say, look at my servant. Look what they're doing. They're doing exactly what I am asking of them to do. We must not allow ourselves to be drawn away from God's provisions and God's word. We quote and says about different books that we should read. Great books. But I'm here to tell you the greatest book is always the number one seller every year. And it is the Bible. It has everything to prevent you from falling. Amen. And that's what I said earlier. The Lord told Saul, I mean, uh, Joshua. He says if you don't ever let it the part out of your mouth, you'll never fall. So we have to build our character. This is why Peter, when you read 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11, Peter says, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. If these things be in you in abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind,
blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren give your calling and election sure for if you do these things you shall never fall. Amen. You will never fall as long as you keep adding to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge temperance. You have to add these things. You got to build your character. People call it the fruit of the spirit but really his character. It is the character of God. The love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, the faith, the goodness, the gentleness. It is God's character and these are the things that grow out of you and as you build yourself up on your most holy faith as you study God's word and as you hide God's word in you you build your character amen you build that bearing that is needed uh, to, to set a good example unselfishness began to grow in you as you begin to grow the word of God courage began to build in you knowledge began to build in you endurance, tact, uh, initiative all these things begin to build in you because if you like these things, you're going to fall. That's what destroys good leadership. It's a lack of character. Number two, a lack of unity. We are called, according to scripture, to endeavor to keep the unity of the faith and the bond of peace. Have you ever noticed that God always placed stuff on us? When you look at the word unity, there's only one eye in there. So if you're not the one, you're not going to have it. It takes you and I to have unity. If you move, we don't have unity. If I come out, we don't have unity. But together, it takes you and I working together to maintain the unity of the body. If we don't have unity, it will destroy good leadership. We have the responsibility to make it happen. It's up to us to work hard to keep the unity. This is one of the reasons when we disagree, God says you go to that individual and you talk to that individual to build that unity, to keep the unity of the body. Amen. We don't want our unity to be destroyed. It's important. James says, who is a wise and endure with knowledge among you? Let him show out of the same conversation his work with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter and envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descend not from above, but is earthly, is sensual, and is devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. We want to stay in unity. Amen. We're working for the same cause. Pride will break unity. The Bible says only by pride come contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Pride go before destruction. And a haughty spirit before fall. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble and spirit. 
We can't allow pride to get into our lives. As, as things begin to grow, as things begin to progress, if we are not careful, we can get prideful and we can begin to say, look what I've done. Look at me. And as a result, I'm going to fall. God has a way of pulling that rug right out from under you. Pride will destroy you. When you look at the Bible in, the, in, in Isaiah 14, amen, and then in Ecclesiastes, I mean, Ezekiel, we find that Sodom's problem, we like to focus on the homosexual part of it, but really it started out by saying she was prideful. See? Good leadership is destroyed when the leader allows pride to get into his heart. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. We must control pride. We must realize that pride does not come from God. It comes from Satan. That's why when you look at the scripture, Satan says, I will exalt myself. Above God. I will exalt my kingdom above the heavens. He allowed pride to get into his life. And then what is it? How art thou fallen, O son of the morning? Good leadership is brought down by pride. Amen. We, know, we can look at our world today and think about how many leaders are constantly falling because they have allowed pride to get into their heart. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. We must have the mind of Christ. We cannot allow ourselves to be prideful and lifted up. We need to keep a humble state of mind. Because pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Number two, prejudice destroys good leadership. God hates prejudice. Racism and racial prejudice will not only destroy you, but it will destroy the unity of the body. It's amazing that God places people in our pathway of different colors and ethnicity every day to see what we're going to do. We need to seize every opportunity to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. We cannot allow racism to get into our lives. Amen. James tells us, he says, if you fulfill the royal law, Amen, you do well, but if you have respect the persons, you are convinced of the law and become a transgressor. Amen, we can't allow it. One of the saddest stories and fearful stories that I read in the Bible, and, and you can read it as in the book of Numbers, when God calls Moses, Miriam, and Aaron out to the front of the tent. Because Miriam... And Aaron has spoke against Moses about the Ethiopian that he had married. And God calls them out to the front of the tent. It's in Numbers chapter 12. And this is what the Lord says to them. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman who he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. 
And they said, Have the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Have he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all men which was upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, Come out here three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Ariam and Miriam both to come forth. Can you imagine? God is calling you out. God says, get out here now. Think about it. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speech. And in the similitudes of the Lord shall he be whole. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. And he departed, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, At last, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not this sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received again. And Miriam's were shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterwards, the people removed from Hezroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. Look what happens. They can't move because of Miriam. One person's wrong can destroy good leadership. It can stop the move of God. It can destroy the move of God. Amen. Leaders who are prejudiced will have to deal with God. It destroys good leadership because God could be doing something through you. Amen. To reach a lost nation, to release a lost people. But if you have prejudice in your heart, it can prevent God accomplishing through you what he wants to accomplish through you. So do not allow prejudice and racism to be in your heart as a leader because it will destroy good leadership. Number three, perception. Perception can destroy good leadership. Saul, as I said earlier, was given everything he needed to be successful. God even sent David to be on his team. Saul, when you read all those great men that David has, those were the same men that Saul had. Amen. He had the same crew. 
But yet he allowed perception to get into his heart. When they came, David came back from the battle and the people began, the women began to sing. Saul has killed his thousand, but David has killed his ten thousand. Saul began to perceive in his mind that everybody was for David and no longer for him, which was not true. Amen. He allowed that perception to get down into him. And as a result, he went about to start to destroy everybody that was for David or he felt was for David. He began to kill priests. He began to kill children. He began to just destroy everything. That's what perception will do. If you start perceiving that other people are against you and other people are not with you, you will start making wrong decisions and wrong choices and you will start latching out at people and abusing people and as a result it destroys good leadership you cannot allow perception to cause you to make wrong choices amen and think people are against you just because they are not inviting you amen sometimes you can thank people because they're not inviting you to be in the part of the team or whatever that they don't like you but that's not true don't allow perception to cause you to do wrong. We're called to remember to keep the unity of the bond and peace. Pressure destroys good leadership. As you heard the men earlier talk about numbers. Numbers can put a lot of pressure on a leader that he doesn't need to have. When David sent Joab out to number the people, Joab says, why? They're all part of us. They're all yours. They're all God's children. So why number the people? But David still desired him to number the people. And as a result, because he numbered the people, notice how many people lost their lives. Pressure can sometimes cause you to make foolish decisions and begin to do wrong and say things that may not be true. We can begin to accuse others of not living to the standard and not doing what is right because we are feeling pressure to try to keep up the numbers game or to keep up the pressure to be the best church on the corner, to keep up the pressure, amen, to be the best in everything else like everybody else. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Moses was under a lot of pressure from the people. And as a result, God tells him to speak to the rock, but he smoked the rock. Usually when you're under a lot of pressure, you latch out instead of edifying. You're never content with what is happening. Pressure destroys good leadership. When David and his men came back to Ziglag and the enemy had taken his family and burnt their houses, the Bible says they was all distressed and as a result his men accused, thought about stoning David. They did not fail to realize that David is just under as much pressure as they are. And as a result, David finally gets himself together and he goes to God. Anytime you are under pressure, 
you need to steal away and get along with God and begin to spend time in prayer with God. Isaiah 26, 3 says, He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. Amen. When pressure comes upon you, you need to be able to steal away and to get close to God so that you are not burdened down with continual burden of that pressure that's coming upon you. You need to have God to take it off of you. Amen. You don't allow pressure to put you down because if you do, you will find up being destroyed. The next is pornography. Pornography destroys good leadership. When you look at David's life, the Bible says that when kings should go to war and David did not go to war and he came out on his balcony and he looked and he saw Bathsheba and we know that story. David felt that he had gotten away with it. He thought he was good to go. And later, God sends the prophet down to talk to him. Moses told the people, he says, be sure your sin will find you out. So many leaders today are being destroyed because of pornography, both men and female, male and female, because of the social media nowadays is pushing this agenda. Billboards are pushing this agenda, agenda sexuality and nudity, amen, is constantly bombarding the place of our works, our homes, amen, and our restaurants and everywhere. So as leaders, we must be careful to not allow ourselves to be drawn in to this foolishness. Let your eyes stay focused on God. Jesus even tells us who so look on a woman to lust has committed adultery with her already in his eyes. It's killing good leaders. And as I said earlier, character is easily retained than it is recovered. Because if you think the enemy is going to let you off the hook real easy, it just doesn't happen. So these are just a few things that destroy good leadership. Murmuring and complaining. As I said last night, depth and life are in the power of the tongue. And you shall eat the fruit of it. The psalmster says in Psalm 77, 3, I remember God and I was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. If we are not careful, we can begin to murmur and complain about things that really doesn't matter. And as a result, it weighs us down. It put pressure on us. The children of Israel had murmured and complained so much that when the time they got to the promised land, they did not have enough faith to believe God's ability to do anything. 
When they went into the promised land and they came out of the promised land, uh, they did not have enough faith now to believe that God could do anything. They said the wall's a city. They're taller than we are. They're going to step on us like we're grasshoppers. We are nothing. That destroys good leadership. They were chosen. They were chosen, amen, by Moses from the represent every tribe. And because they had murmured and complained so much back here, they didn't have the faith to believe in God's ability to do anything when they were going through things in their lives. As leaders, we must not murmur and complain and bicker about what is taking place. We must see everything as a challenge to advance the kingdom of God. God did not promise you a rose garden. He just promised you, I will be with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Amen. We cannot allow ourselves to get caught up in and the murmuring and the complaining that the world is now. We see that everything in the world is all about murmuring and complaining and bickering. Amen. But that must not be among you as Jews said, but you beloved you build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love for God, looking unto that mercies. Amen. On some have compassion. Make a difference. We must not murmur and complain. Amen. In these last days, but we must be strong and of good courage. Amen. Murmuring and complaining, as I said, destroys good leadership because people will turn from you when there you are complaining and murmuring. Next, a like of temperance or self-control. When a leader does not have control over himself, he will self-destruct. This is what happened to Saul. He lost control of himself. And as a result, he allowed bitterness to get into his heart. He allowed strife to get into his heart. And as a result, it destroyed him. Solomon says in Proverbs 25, 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit, it's like a city that is broken down and without walls. In other words, if you don't have control over you, the enemy will come right in and destroy you. You must control your actions. You must control your attitude. You must control your desires and your wants. You have to have temperance. You have to control your anger. You have to control your hands. You've got to control your eyes. You've got to control your spending. You've got to control your time on Facebook and social media. All these things you have to control. If not, you will self-destruct. one of the worst destructions is self-destruction. A lack of time management. A lack of time management. More leaders are destroying themselves because they don't have an understanding of how to manage their time. You get 24 hours in a day. hours of work, eight hours of play, eight hours of rest. <laughs> and yet people says, I'm so tired. I'm so busy. How did we get to the point that we're so busy we don't have time for each other? 
How did we get there? The enemy desires to steal your time. You must learn how to manage time. You got to spend time with your family. You've got to spend time in prayer. You've got to spend time in study as a leader. All these are key things that you've got to do. And if you don't manage your time effectively, you're going to wear yourself out. And it will destroy you. Because when you're tired, you make wrong decisions. You make wrong choices. You say wrong things. But when you're fresh, when you're renewed, even the Lord said to his disciples, come apart and rest a while. If you don't come apart, you will come apart. You have got to learn time management. Amen. So that you manage your time effectively. Your family needs you. Your kids need you. Amen. When we can't even have time to go to district events, church events, because it says, I don't have time, you're too busy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you must love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. God has got to always be number one. I tell people all the time, nothing trumps God. So you have to make sure that you get your time schedule right. You know, I've done quite a few funerals lately. And, and most of them is not even people in the church. And you know what I find? That they have about five to ten minutes that they say anything about the person. And usually, most of it is not even good. So what would they say about you when it's all over? Would they say that you was a great leader and that you won great people, brought great people to God? Or will nobody have anything at all to say about you because you were so busy doing other things? You must learn to manage your time or it will destroy you. A love of money. Paul told Timothy, he says, for the love of money root of all evil while some is covered after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows a love for money will destroy good leadership we must allow money for its attended purpose in our lives each and every day so don't fall in love with money fall in love with God and the last thing I want to talk about that destroyed good leadership is a lack of knowledge of Almighty God. When you do not have that relationship and understanding in your life of who God is, it's easy for the enemy to deceive you and cause you to fall. But when we know him, as Paul says, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformable unto his death, that by any means I might obtain unto that which I am also apprehended of. He says, Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When Jesus turned to his disciples and he says, Who do they say? I the son of man am he was saying to them I don't care what else you do you need to know who I am because that's where the relationship will always stay connected amen when you know who he is amen and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world and received back up in the glory you've got to know him amen if you don't know him it will destroy good leadership amen because everything flows from him and that understanding of who he is amen and you can be a great leader and not the self-destruct if you know him amen so those are just a few things that I want to share with you that will destroy good leadership if we are not careful amen thank you